The difference between the free stuff and what you pay for is the timeliness of the advice. Because you might have a problem that I can help, but you might not know it's a problem. Or you might have to find it on YouTube and get seven different answers. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by Ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. And today, we're diving into how to get fired from your team in a good way. Uh, we have Steve Tran, Trang, Trang on yep. today. And Steve's the founder of the Real Estate Disruptor Movement. His podcast has over 10,000 followers sharing weekly success stories. He has the Offer Fast Home app. Uh, he loves the personal investment in yourself in the real estate sector, making sure that it's about you as much as the real estate and overall just organization, which I think the organization is what leads us to how to get fired from your team. Um, exactly. So Steve, take, let's start off with that. Let's, let's start off with your first real estate deal, how you got into the real estate game and then, then take us into how you got fired from your team. All right. So yeah, those are two different ends of the of the journey. So exactly. Uh, getting in the real estate or my first real estate transaction, I think like most of your listeners uh, or probably most of your guests, you know, first real estate book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, so I picked that up 2005, 2006. And we were trying to buy rental properties. And, you know, we're buying condo conversions. And around that time, thank goodness, our loans were getting denied because the banks were saying something's weird happening. We don't know if we should be land, uh, financing these condo conversions. Let's just go ahead and deny these loans. So thank goodness that happened. But along the way, broker uh, on the other side who's you know having some financial success. So I was asking, you know, what do you do? Uh, how do you make your money? Blah blah blah. And uh, the long and short of it, after dinner, he said, "You want? I'll teach you everything I know if you will go get your license." Quit my, I got my license, my real estate license in two and a half weeks, submitted my two weeks notice and I was working for him four and a half weeks from when we had that dinner. The first deals we sold were condo conversions to friends and family, unfortunately. Their loans did get approved. So um, that's what I did in the beginning. Um, you know, it sucked that that happened, but I did not realize in 2007, the market was gonna do what it was gonna do. So it kind of set them back financially, but that was my first real estate transaction. Um, as far as getting fired, so I've invested a lot in personal development and I think that's the absolute key to anyone that's had success. I don't know anyone that's super successful that didn't have any help along the way. Um, so I started my podcast about two years ago, uh, two years ago this month, and my life has been a whirlwind since I started it. So um, prior to the podcast, I already had a title company. Uh, but uh, I, things that happened along the way, the, uh, our wholesaling operation blew up, the brokerage expanded. Um, we've done some, I've done some public speaking. I do sales training now. We do private money. Uh, we talk about raising private money now. Like a lot of the things have happened where I get to wear more hats and some of the hats had more responsibilities <laughs> underneath them. And so on top of all this, I've been running a traditional real estate team. Um, I was 
at one point, number 38 out of 40,000 realtors in the Phoenix market, you know? So our teams have done well, but uh, Summer, my right-hand person who I can't do any of the fun stuff without her actually doing the real work, uh, said, asked me, you know, can I talk to you with that tone? You know that tone. When someone says, can I talk to you? Because you're in trouble, you know, or there's something urgent, something pressing. She said, can I talk to you? I said, uh, yeah, sure. So she pulled me into our, our conference room and she said, you're fired. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> you know, like I pay her salary, you know? And she said, look, let's be honest here. Um, you got the brokerage going, you got your title company going, you got your wholesaling, you got the podcast, you're just traveling. You're just, your, your head and your heart are not in the team. So look, we'll take it from here. You go do your other things, you continue, and then we'll take it from here. And if any time at all I need anything, I will call you. And that's how I got fired from my team. It was awesome. But it was a little concerning at first when she said we needed to talk. But the rest of it was really good. Oh, for sure. So a lot of times that you're... Um uh, uh, what, what, what word am I trying to think of? Just overall, uh, self kind of worth when, when you get fired per se from a team or a lot of CEOs, when they, their su- company is successful enough, they're like, Hey, go take a vacation. We don't really need you. Well, that uh-huh. type A personality that got there is like, what, how can this go on without me? Like I'm everything I built this and it's, they go off on this vacation for a week and they're just, they're just kind of just floating out there. They, they're just lost. And they're, I have no they're idea how to vacation. Yeah, their self, self-worth is attached to that building that and that success. So how you're excited about that, you know? So, so well, we had a plan. So we had a plan about two years. Uh, you know, one day we had our level 10. Uh, so we, have, we run our business through our level 10 traction meetings. And we had our, uh, our yearly or quarterly level 10 meeting. And we said, you know, the long-term vision is for Steve to be removed from an organization and to be handled by Summer and Claudia. And Claudia is the, other, is the actual team leader. And that was the vision. And we set it out, you know, uh, eight quarters from when we wrote it down. And when we had that conversation, it was the fifth quarter. It wasn't my idea. It was, our, it was my idea to eventually remove myself from it where it was self-sustaining. But it was her idea to pull the trigger. She's like, you're just, we're better off without you than with you. <laughs> For sure. Well, yeah. and then do you still have ownership, still have involvement, still have income? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, income? I, I mean, everything I else is still the same. Like, the yeah. compensation hasn't changed. Um, you know, the, the agents make what they make on, on the splits. The splits, the splits haven't changed. Um, the uh, marketing is the same. Everything's the same. My ownership is still the same. Uh, the only difference is I'm not involved in it. That's great. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a dream. I mean, we had, we had a gentleman on and you know, he, his goal is to be a lazy investor. He had, he busted his butt to get to the point where he, he built his business around wanting a lifestyle and to get there, he essentially kind of had to get fired he wasn't saying kind of what you're saying to getting fired, but in a, in a way to be a lazy investor, you got to kind of get fired from your company because you're not doing anything. So, um, so yeah, I went through a coaching program. Um, you're on the traditional side. Um, you know, Craig Proctor is the program that I went through. And one of the things he said to me that really, that's always stuck out 
was that you should spend as much time as you can figuring out how to be more lazy. And I was like, man, that's powerful. I mean, between automation and delegation and everything else, like that's the reason we become our own business owner or we want to own a business. We didn't get into this to want to work 70 hours. Now, some people love working 70 hours and that's great, but that's not what appealed to us <laughs> when we signed up. For sure. Yeah, they, I, I use this on a regular basis. Kind of one of my favorite quotes is, is the difference between a employed person and an entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is willing to trade 40 hours of working for someone else for working 80 hours for themselves. So yep. uh, when you Possibly get- less money. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm working <laughs> twice as much for half as much, but by gosh, I'm doing it on my own terms. So exactly. So yeah. Well, that's that's great. So you you've you got fired from the company and mm-hmm. now you have these other ventures, which is the you know, the podcast, offer fast app, um, and kind of the overall personal development. So yep. maybe maybe take the listeners into a little bit about the overall personal development and the organization. Um, maybe some actual specifics of how you got fired or were able to get fired. I think one of them here is is traction. Um, so, I as an entrepreneur organization member, EO member, you know, the traction is big. Uh, they're a big advocate. It's kind of built around that. I think I have my traction book over here somewhere. Um, yeah. So, what are maybe three or four or five tips like that that allowed you to to get to the spot? Sure. So I would say the first thing is um, I have a, I'm in a mastermind and one of the guys said to me, you know, senior guy, well-respected. He's, you know, he's at the twilight of his career. He doesn't need to work anymore. And he still does just for, you know, to keep his mind sharp. Um, And he said to me, you know, what's the difference between Olympians and everyone else? And it's the three C's it's commitment, right? They're not partying at 10 o'clock in the morning. They're in bed right? By 10 o'clock, this commitment, they have a coach and they're coachable. And so I was not coachable until about, um, I mean, I was coachable with my broker, my mentor, uh, back when I started, but I didn't have a coach, a real coach that you paid for until about 2011, right? Up until then, I did everything I did through reading books, uh, listening to, to audio books and talking to my, my mentor and that was it. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all start in different spots, right? We all have our different seasons in our careers. And that's where most people start was the, the free or the cheap stuff, right? But then uh, I did short sales, I did REOs, and eventually I knew those, that distress market was going away and something was going to have to change. And that's when I signed up for coaching with the Craig Proctor Systems. And once I got into coaching, that's when I learned or my eyes were opened that we're business owners and you learn the difference between being a business owner and, ha- and having a job with the world's worst boss, which is you, right? And so that was kind of when things started clicking. So about 2011. And since then, I've just been obsessed with personal development, always finding new stuff. You know, I love the Jim Rohn stuff. Darren Hardy, if there's a product, I've bought it. You know, I've gone through Strategic Coach and everything else. I've gone through Traction. And the reason why this is all important is because it shortcutted so quickly the process of building my organizations. And again, there's free stuff out there. I put out free stuff, you put out free stuff. There's nothing wrong with the free stuff. The difference between the free stuff and what you pay for is the timeliness of the advice. Because you might have a problem that I can help. 
but you might not know it's a problem or you might have to find it on YouTube and get seven different answers. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I've done very well for myself in the last year. You know, I've done way better in the last year than I did any other year before that. And so I'm trying to figure out, okay, so how much profit should I really set aside? So I'm looking at profit first. I'm going to all these different websites and I really don't know what a good business owner, how many months of reserve should they have in their business? So I go into my, uh, I go to a group, I'm in Collective Genius and I post it in there and we got a consensus, not consensus, but pretty much overall it's between three months and seven months was everyone's opinion. So I was going in thinking it was six months, right? Like I had a thought, I had an idea. I did some research, says the same thing. Then I go to the mastermind, what are you guys doing? And now they said it, now I've got certainty. And what comes with certainty? Clarity. And now I could take action and I have, you know, an, obje an objective, a goal that I can shoot for. But again, nothing wrong with the free stuff, but with the free stuff, you don't get that clarity. You don't get that confidence. And confidence is so crucial to business success. Yep. It, it, I don't, I don't really like the, the term, you know, fake it until you make it, but it is why that's such a kind of popular term is because to get there, you have to have the confidence to, to be able to fight through the mud, the muck of getting beat around in, in the yeah. entrepreneurship world. And there are so many restaurant restaurant tours, like I think is maybe the term right now uh, that are just getting beat, beat up this COVID. A lot of people are. And, and uh, if you're didn't come into it with that confidence, then it, it, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle, struggle to sleep. You're going to make, you're not necessarily going to make wrong decisions. The worst of it when you're struggling or you're lacking confidence is you make no decision and no decision is the worst because now the world is happening to you versus you happening to the world. That's for sure. I have a property right now when you said no decision and that's the worst. It wasn't even a split second. And it's one of those properties that I've not made a decision on. I've waited for some something else to happen to like tell me what the decision I should do with this property is. And looking back, it's been one of the worst properties I've I've owned. And it's not because it's the worst property. It's it's just that I couldn't make a decision on what to do with it. I redevelop it, scrape it, um, new build, sell it, convert it. And I just, ah, indecisiveness has just crushed this last eight to 12 months of owning that because I waited for the world to tell me what to do versus just say, here's what I'm doing. This is it, right or wrong. I'm going with it. And I think that's so true. So yeah. I, I immediately could think of my indecisiveness and the anxiety oh it's just crazy this is the worst yeah once you've made it once you've made that choice right or wrong yep. you, you've got relief and if it was the wrong decision you can undo it most times yeah or just accept it yeah so it's so they 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 uh i think there's a saying something like there's there's no you know wrong way there's just oh man it's a, it, it's it's just there's only the, the wrong way to do it right or something like that, you know? Yeah. So it's just, you know, make, if you made the wrong decision, make it right. Essentially what, what that quote was, was meaning to say is that yeah. just make it right. There's no wrong decision. There's a decision. So make it the right one somehow, some way, even if mm -hmm. it might not be the right one. So at the beginning, it might be the right one at the time. Yeah. Yeah. There's always yeah. recourse for sure. Well, traction any other, you know, kind of specific, um, 
Yeah, so I would say the biggest things for me, uh, so traction is great. I think uh, for marketing, you know, I went through the High Performance Forum by Darren Hardy. That was remarkable. I've gone through Strategic Coach. Great for entrepreneurship. You know, just being how how to be a good entrepreneur, right? Just like the right mindset, the right tools to be a good entrepreneur. Darren Hardy is good for marketing, good for time management. I do sales training, right? I teach people how to how to sell. But if you didn't want to go through me, I learned from Sandler. You know, the Sandler selling system has been fantastic for us. Yeah, the old funnel. Um, sales funnel uh, the thing's yeah. been around for i think since the beginning of the time and it still it still works still works yeah so uh we we train on that and then yeah i think the eos has been incredibly powerful you know the all the traction tools we use i'm trying to think i don't think i finished all of the tools you know there's like six or seven critical tools i only use like four or five but they're life changing. Uh, that's that's four or five more than the average person yeah. so yeah and you know, before we take a quick break here in a few minutes, we'll, let's talk about cost. That's that's a holdback for a lot of people is, man, that's a lot of money and it's not a guaranteed ROI. How do I know which course I'm signing up for is, quote, the right one? Uh, take us back to kind of your thought process and maybe some bumps and bruises along the way that you maybe could tell others so then they maybe don't have to go through that either expense sure. or just time. Cause a lot of times it's their time. So yes, it costs a lot of money, but then you committed a year to it and then you, you have to make a change. So your time that you spent is way more valuable uh, than, than the money you actually invested, which a lot of times is still a lot of money as well. Right. Yeah. I would say the big thing is, you know, I'm not a very big fan of Yelp. I use it a lot. I don't really like what I feel like they extort companies, you know, but Proof is powerful. So there's nothing wrong with doing due diligence. Um, I can tell you when I first signed up for coaching, you know, um, it was a thousand bucks a month. It was a lot of money for that time, for me at that time. But I'm at the conference, you know, they kind of do this on purpose where you can see the other guys that are longer in the program. You know, they get their um, ribbons showing how long they've been in the program. And, you know, you look at that and you talk to them and you ask them, you know, is it worth it? And they'll tell you yes, because otherwise, what would they, why would they still be in the program, right? So social proof is big. That gave me the, the, the faith or it allowed me to have faith in the program. Uh, I think, so doing some due diligence isn't a bad thing. You can find a lot and you're going to find some crap, like as far as like people saying this product doesn't work when it does. That's just going to, that's just reality of the internet, right? There's just negative people everywhere. But do your due diligence. Um, but the, the other thing I would add to it is find someone that resonates with you because I am not the only guy in wholesaling or I'm not the only guy talking about private money. That's the fact of the matter, right? There's maybe not hundreds, but maybe close to a hundred. And I live in Phoenix, which is the guru capital of the world, right? So there's a lot of us as far as teaching. So find the one that resonates with you. Find the one that lives the life that you want to have, right? Don't sign up for someone because they have a nice car. Maybe sign up if that's the same exact car you want. You know, don't sign up because they have a nice watch. But if you are into watches and that's the watch you like, then maybe you sign up for that one. Me, I don't live a really fancy life. I do have a nice car. You know, I have a Tesla. And I'll take a picture every once in a while when people fly in and we'll like drive around. But for the most part, if you look at my personal stories, it's about my family. You know, I've got work-life balance. I've got seven businesses and I don't work more than 40 hours a week. And so if that resonates with somebody, then they should work with me. But if you want to have a nice car and travel, 
go work with that guy. Um, if you want to have 500 doors, find someone that owns 500 doors, not talking about 500 doors, actually owns 500 doors. I think one of the best I've heard, going back to Darren Hardy, I mentioned he's like my hero. If he, ha- he, has, he has no shortage of people offering to manage his money. And he doesn't say no. He doesn't say, no, you can't manage my money. What he says is, hey, fax me. I know this is an old story. Fax me your portfolio and your 1040 from last year. And then I'll figure out if I want to follow back up with you. Like, don't send me information. Don't send me brochure. Show me what you're doing for yourself. And if what you're doing for yourself is impressive to me, then I'll let you work with my money. Yeah, that that's... Uh... Proof is in the pudding, I guess. Is, Absolutely, is, proof is in the pudding. Yeah, there you go. And uh, yeah, so have has that actually come up in, in your world? Have you actually done something like that and asked any uh, coaches or have you ever been asked to, to kind of prove or show? Um, not for is any that, of my coaches. I would say, like, I mean, when I signed for Collective Genius, I didn't even think twice about it. Yeah. Uh, when I signed up for Sandler, I didn't even think twice about it because I already knew the people in it. So both those programs, those are more recent ones I've signed up for. I already knew people in the program. So I didn't think twice about it. However, to be on my podcast, Real Estate Disruptors, you actually have to send me set on the statements. It's like, I don't bring just anyone on the show. If you, if you ask me to be on your show or someone asks on your behalf for you to be on my show, I say, great, let's do this. Send me your settlement statements. I give them my email address. And if they send it, then we'll schedule something if it looks right. If they don't send it, well, then we're, there's no need to talk any further. I like it. There you go. So that's, that's your version of that. And that's a really easy way to kind of weed them out. So, and I'm guessing a lot of people, even if they might have them, they're just too lazy to send it. So then that. And and word has gotten out that I require that, which is giving my show even more credibility, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. And that, I wasn't even advertising that. That wasn't the plan. I just don't want to talk to somebody because because of the credibility I have. When someone comes on the show, there's a lot of financial benefits to someone that comes to our show. So I, for me, I was really thinking about the listeners. I didn't want to waste their time or have them sign up for some crap product. So that was really for them. But when the word got out, it, <laughs> it made their show even more popular. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's when you're not forcing it, I think a lot of times is when it it really resonates with people and comes naturally. Uh, yeah. and, and I think that's sounds like what happened with your show. You're just wanting to be authentic and make sure it saves your time and your listeners. And all of a sudden everyone appreciated that. And then they're flocking towards it even more. So right. win, win, win for everyone. Absolutely. So, well, let's take a, a quick break here from our sponsor and we'll jump back in and we'll go right to the final five. How's that sound? Sounds great. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind Uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, So that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. We're back with Steve Trang, and we're going to jump right in, and we're going to ask Steve, what is the most creative real estate deal that you have been involved in? 
Oh man, creative. I don't know. I don't do a lot of creative stuff. So I would say the, the, the biggest ones is I'm buying people's houses. So there was a lady who was in, um, I can't remember the name of the city anymore, but it's far from us. It's like three hours from where, where I live. And she wanted, she, she requested a cash offer. I told her we don't buy in that area. She was adamant of buying the cash off her, giving her, her, us buying her house for cash because she wanted to live where we are in Phoenix. And so I finally relented as I look, I don't know anything about that market. I'm looking on Zillow because that's all I had. I'm looking on Zillow. Here's what I think the house is worth. Here's what I'm willing to pay. It's really low. I know it doesn't make sense for you to take it, but that's what we're willing to offer. She took it after we said multiple times we didn't want to buy our house. And then she ended up buying a house with one of my agents. And after it was over, so we bought her house so she could buy a house with an name here. And after it was done, she told my agent that I took advantage of her because <laughs> she was in a helpless situation and blah, 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 blah. It was terrible. But as far as creative, I don't do a lot of creative stuff, but that's one that we did because we're just trying to help someone out. For sure. Yeah, for sure. That's and it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think that goes back to a lot of times when people that have the, the most process procedures in their company give that same answer that you just gave. They're like, man, I don't, really have anything creative. And I think that is a testament to you can't really get creative when you're implementing EOS or traction because everything is systematized. Everything is organized and it has this process procedure. And then when you get kind of creative, sometimes it pulls you outside of that kind of scalability. And I love to do deals. I love to do all types of deals. And it's tough for me to implement those EOS traction systems because Oh, those do not thrive in systems. Those no. are chaotic. And, you know, on that point is I have some sort of ADD. I wouldn't have all these different businesses if I didn't. But in all my businesses that I do, we're singularly focused in that this is what we specialize in. This is our bread and butter. And every time we deviate from it, it causes more headaches. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I've been that way since I was seven starting businesses and buying and selling them. And, and that's why I have co-hosts of the creative real estate podcast because we love cool, creative, out of the box types of uh, things. But the downfall that I want to share with the listeners is that creativity, um, you know, stifles productivity sometimes, scalability. So you kind of have to choose. choose Well, the toughest part of creativity is that you got a lot of tribal knowledge. Because the guy that's the master creative finance guy, which is great, right? It's a very valuable skill and he's going to be making a lot of money, but he can't delegate it. For sure. Just can't. Has yeah. to be him. Always has to be him or her. Yep. So I think anyone who's listening to the show that loves create creative deals and is always looking for the next cool, fun one um, would admit that the downside to that is, is the scalability portion. So, um, but there's pros to it too. It's fun Absolutely. and it's, it's your life. And as you said at the, at the beginning of finding who your mentor, your coach is, is find who you want. And there are people like myself who just love deals. So yeah. we, we have to forfeit the scalability because of that. So, so we'll see. It's just always give and take, man. That's uh that's the entrepreneurship world. You can't just get and get, you got to give something to get it. So well, let's, uh, let's dive into 
where you see the real estate kind of market in the future and say five years or just in the future? And then where do you see yourself at that point now that you are fired from one company or are you shooting to get fired from the other six? Man, I don't, I hope not right now. I think those are the ones that I'm, I'm content. Well, maybe the brokerage, that wouldn't be so, wouldn't be so terrible. Um, but as far as the real estate market, I think, you know, what we're looking at right now, it seems like we're going to be just fine as far as pricing goes. Uh, demand's gone down. That's a natural byproduct of the coronavirus. And I think people are getting laid off. Demand's going to continue to be low. But at the same time, supply is still low because the same reasons why the buyers are anxious are the same reason the sellers are anxious. So supply and demand both dropped. As long as demand is still higher than supply, at least in our market, our prices should be the same. So I think we're going to continue to appreciate this year at a slower rate than we were. We were projected to do 10% uh, this year in the Phoenix market. Five years, I would say we've been due for a recession. It seems like we were. this is it. doesn't seem to be affecting pricing, so who knows? At some point, the market has to go down. I just don't know when it's going to be. For sure. Uh, and as far as myself for five years, you know, I'm having the time of my life. And uh, I'm just going to keep riding this wave, see where it goes. Uh, you know, we want to be the number one wholesalers in Phoenix. We want to be the number one sales trainers. Uh, we want 10% market share for the brokerage. So there's no shortage <laughs> of dreams and ambitions. It's going to be prioritizing which one's the right one to focus on at the moment. Great. Where, uh, where's a book or what is a book or podcast, something you're kind of hung up on now that you're really enjoying that you'd like to share with the listeners? Sure. Uh, so never split the difference is a book that I read that back in 17 and that was my favorite book. I think I read it four times, right? Uh, before that it was traction and I've gone that through that book four times today. It's the road less stupid. And that's been a phenomenal book. Now, that being said, I haven't finished it because I haven't been in my car as much. I'm a listener, not a sit down and read kind of person. So I love the book. I haven't finished it, uh, but I think I'm like two thirds through and my mind was blown after two chapters. And chapter is amazing. So The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. It's an amazing book. Awesome. We'll throw that in the show notes. And then what, what's a way that you like to give back to the real estate community that's given so much to you over the last few years? Uh, you know, it's the podcast, you know, uh, just putting that together. Uh, we launched that, like I said, two years ago with no aspirations of doing what is done. It's far succeeded my expectations. Uh, really, when I did it, I was like, you know, who really cares? about my show, like what I'm going to do it because I, I, I was at an event, right, going back to personal development, I was at an event held by Dean Graziosi, Brandon Burchard is on stage saying, everyone wants to hear your story because his product is selling, is selling, he sells a product that helps you tell you, right? So he's talking about everyone needs to hear your story or wants to hear your story. So you need to write a book, start a blog or do a podcast. I've written a book, went nowhere, started a blog that went nowhere, but hell, let's give this podcasting a shot. Third time's um, charm. Third time's the charm. And so I started the podcast with not very high aspirations. Um, and in my mind, I do 10 episodes and if it bombs. Honestly, if it bombs, nobody will even know. So it's okay. Right? Like the book. No one knows about the book. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, so I did it. But by the second episode, I could tell I was going to take off. And that podcast has helped me double the size of my brokerage, has helped me grow the title company. Uh, has allowed me to do public speaking, which has led to sales trainings, uh, has put me in rooms that I would not be 
uh, have been in uh, otherwise, or even allowed me to organize events. I mean, I've put uh, an event together with some of the biggest players in the and like they're coming because I asked them. Whereas a couple years ago, I called them, they'll be like, who are you? How'd you get this number? <laughs> so starting the podcast has been, the, has, has been the, the biggest thing. And I've talked about the benefit for me, but I've had so many, so much feedback from people saying how much it's helped them. You know, I got a, a, a message yesterday. The guy said he's doing a 200K plus wholesale fee from the stuff he learned from my podcast. That's a big number. Sending six, anytime six, number. six and figures. That's his third deal. That's his third deal. He's only done two of the deals prior to this deal. So changing lives. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. What's, what's a way that they can reach out to you if someone wants to learn more about kind of what you're doing, your coaching, training, brokerage, uh, wholesaling? What's yeah. the best way? And uh, we'll throw that in the show notes. Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is Instagram at steve.trang, S-T-E-V-E dot T-R-A-N-G. Um, I tell people I answer all DMs. I, hunt, I answer 100% of my DMs, but it may not be as fast as you would like. So uh, I use Agora Pulse uh, for our social media postings. And I was actually looking this morning. My average response time is 34 hours. So It's better than a week, you know? It's better than a week. And <laughs> it's important to me, honestly, because I've, I was lost at one point, right? I didn't know what I was doing. And I reached out to the other big names and it just left unread. So for me, it's important to get back. And I recognize that there, I, I can't do that forever, but I will certainly do it for as long as I can. It's awesome. Well, really appreciate that. We appreciate uh, you coming on, telling your story about how to get fired, hashtag in a good way or asterisk in a good way. So, right. <laughs> um, and man, you, you know, I've, I'm taking a lot of notes here and just how you got fired overall, just your, how to get to the Olympics is the three C's commitment, coach and coachable certainty equals clarity. Then you had your Darren Hardy and strategic coach and books like never split the difference road, less stupid. So, um, a lot of great, a lot of great content and, and information that you've been able to share today. So, uh, we, Really appreciate that. Hope the listeners uh, were able to take as much away from it as I have. And we look forward to having you back on here in a year or so and, and hearing what you've been up to at that point. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me. And tell AAA I said hi. Excellent. Well, uh, Adam Adams, I'll make sure we definitely uh, tell them tell hello. So, yeah. well, as always, my friend, until next time, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.